Welcome to Season 3 of Soccer Over Gotham, an NWSL podcast covering New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Hosted by Ruby Pinto and Gary Gibson. Welcome to Episode 87 of Soccer Over Gotham, your favorite podcast. We have a great show for all of you. Gary, what do we have in this episode? We got a lot. Gotham FC loses to an overmatched Houston side at home. We're going to break down this maddening game. Gotham resigns Revelation Neely Martin to a long-term deal. Spoiler alert, we're happy about it. Two games left in the regular season campaign. Gotham still can win the Shield, and they also can still crash out, which is unbelievable. We'll break down what Gotham needs to do to bring the Shield home. We're going to do a deep dive on Gotham's free agents list. We're going to check out a look at who's, who might be staying, who might be leaving. And we're also going to dissect this week's opponent, the Thorn, as we'll take a look around the league and give what we think are the best results for this club going forward. All right, Ruby, there's so much to talk about. Let's just get started. How are you? I'm doing well. Pretty good. I can't believe it's October already. I can't believe the season's almost over. You mentioned two games left. That's freaking crazy to me that only two games left and then the playoffs. Ah, oh, so crazy. And then more craziness will start, you know, the off season with drafting and all of that. Uh, I just feel like this year has flown by, but we've been having fun. How are you, Gary? I am good. I did already renew my season tickets for next year. Very, very happy about that. And happy National Hispanic Heritage Month, everybody. Ooh, yes. Last week was the anniversary of Sky Blue FC's first game at Red Bull Arena, which is awesome. And also one year ago, the findings of the Sally Yates report were released. Now, there are some things that you just cannot lose sight of. I'm grateful that the league is in a better place. I'm glad that this team has fostered an environment that players like Barely and Shim are proud to return to. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't signal progress, I don't know what else would. Thank you to Yale and company for creating a team atmosphere that we can all be proud of representing. Exactly. I know we've been saying it all season long, how Gotham like has changed the culture. It's nothing like used to be before in Sky Blue. And, you know, a lot of players want to play here. And that says a lot about Gotham. It does. And Ruby, like we usually next week is when we start the off-season award show polls on Twitter at Over Gotham Pod. So if you're not following us there, go do it so you can vote in our polls. This is like the first time since we've been covering this team that the off-season award show is not like the off-season. <laughs> I think I mean, the <laughs> right. one game, yeah, the one game they made to the playoffs, and we'll talk about that later. But this feels like we're going to have an, an off-season award show. Maybe we'll have a little bit of a playoff award show. We'll see what happens. Exactly. So you guys will get to hear us a little bit longer this season. <laughs> All right. So the 2023 NWSL franchise valuations from Sportico have dropped. They are a very interesting list. And we now have a team, Angel City, that is valued at $180 million. And, and not so long ago, maybe three years ago, teams were going for two or three million. Now a team is valued at $180 million, which is pretty darn crazy. What's interesting about this list is how far Gotham is far down this list. Gotham is all the way down at number nine out of 12 as far as our valuation. It's valued at $48 million, which is low considering this is a New York franchise now. And New York market is always a big market for sports teams. However, I think the big driving point of this data is the $5.1 million in revenue, which is 
pretty low. And I would imagine that's due to poor attendance and lack of merch sales and stuff like that. What do you think, Ruby? Yeah, could be it. I mean, I think the the if we see this as a whole, the good thing is that we're going on, a, on the right direction. We got more investors to come, uh, NFL player, basketball or former basketball players uh, have also invested. Carly Lloyd invested in, in Gotham. So those, those are the positive things about this. But yeah, they're pretty low. Hopefully they'll find a way to like get more revenue in, get more people into those seats. I was telling Gary, like, hey, they got to like up their game with merch. Angel City's merch is fresh. I think if if Gotham, you know, advertises that that merch, even like with their players at game day fits, I think they'll probably like sell a lot. Uh, there's a lot of people as well on the games like buying merch when I go, I see them. Yeah. It also helps bring in players like Esther. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know, it brings in a little more eyeballs to the team and hopefully we'll sell a bit more merch and hopefully next season will be a much higher up that list. Now, Ruby, we got some really positive news, which is Neely Martin is signed until 2026. This is, I think this is the first signing up until 2026, right? It Everyone is. else is pretty much 2025. And this is great news. Great news for the team. Great news for the fans. We're going to see consistency and it's a good thing to have that. You know, we're going to have a, like a core the core players of Gotham that you will see every week for the past three, four seasons. I mean, we've been seeing different people in this team. So now it's going to be like a more solid core of, of players each week. She's one of the players that has stepped up a lot during the, the season. And she fits she fits in with the with her teammates and her style of play fits with, with the style of Amaros. I am very happy to see players getting contracts until 2025 or 2026 we have a solid player in martin so that's for sure solid player that's a pretty big vote of confidence in her now we released the last episode a couple hours before the news hit in this episode oh in that episode we discussed whether players coming back from injury were automatic starters and i've been talking up neely all season but i said that neely's been a revelation at defensive mid and i think she's the starter going forward i think she's earned it And apparently the coaching staff thinks so too. 2026 is a heck of a contract. No option year. They just went for the max. Just so proud of her. An undrafted rookie who earned a spot on racing's roster through an open tryout. She was then put on waivers. Now she's here at Gotham and is just crushing it. And we look forward to rooting for her for many years to come. Now we got to ask questions of Neely in the presser last week. I really hope to get her on the, the show someday soon. She comes across as just a kind thoughtful and driven person, a player that is easy to root for. And I asked her about her long journey. What does it feel like to finally have a home? I asked her what players took her under her wing and helped her transition to D mid. And if there was like a player that she looked up to that, you know, was like a role model for her in that position. And I also asked her my question of the season, which is playing with Allie Krieger in her last season. She gave such thoughtful responses. I transcribed them and put them up on SoccerOverGotham.com. You should check them out. And now Ruby, and this is a note for the fans out there that I hope everybody finds somebody who talks about them the way teammates talk about Allie Krieger. Yeah, you need that person on your side. And talking about Martin, another thing that just popped up while while you were talking is when she just put the the keeper gloves and she went fearless to that to the to the goal that net i would have been like 
I don't know, so nervous, but she she was just chilling. She went out there. That was awesome. So, yeah, happy to have her here. And, you know, also, I try to stay like kind of hopeful that Allie Krieger would like to play for one more year. I don't know. I mean, that's probably not going to happen. And we all deep down know it. But, you know, at least we'll get to see like Krieger's legacy through these players like Martin that got to learn things from her, you know? Yeah, I agree. Let's get to this crazy, crazy game. And this is from the NWSL. This is the first time in league history. Going into this game, there were 729 possible outcomes, all of which have an impact on the playoff race, which is insanity. And we got three games left going into this one, two home games. And Gotham FC, it had 30 points. And they clinch a playoff spot if they win, plus an Orlando draw or win, or a win and a Washington loss plus a Louisville draw or loss. This game going in had all the makings of a trap game. Now, statistically, Gotham is simply dominating opponents lately. This is seven games at home without a loss. They're coming in off a crushing victory over a very good spirit team. Houston, on the other side, is in a weird spot. They find they fired their their head coach despite being in a position to possibly make the playoffs, albeit unlikely. However, they got the new coach bump last week, beating Louisville one nothing. Now let's get over to the injury report. Now, this is interesting. I didn't notice it at first, but it popped up. I, I took notice of it today. But on the injury report, we still have Christy Mewis, Abby Smith, Allie Long, Taylor Smith out for injury. But it also says, was added this week, uh, Abby Smith is designated 45-day disabled list, which I thought was interesting because that was not the case the past couple of weeks. And if she is just put on the disabled 45-day list, that's pretty much season-ending. Hopefully, you know, transparency and all those things. Hopefully, this was something that was put on before and they just didn't update their injury reports. Now, we had three changes from last week. We added Edmonds at right back, which is very, very interesting. We added Fairley at center attacking midfielder. And we got Stangle in for Esther, who's still nursing an ankle injury. Ruby, your thoughts on this lineup? Yeah, I was kind of surprised seeing Edmonds starting for, for this game and after injury. But, I mean, she's a talented player, so why wouldn't she start? But I think this was a solid 11 to go against Houston. My only wish or change would have been Gonzalez, like starting in the 11, but that was just w- wishful thinking since we know like her, her ankle has been bothering her. Just like everything goes through Rodman at, at the Spirit, so does everything through Sanchez for Houston. And uh, as you said, I was surprised as well to see Edmonds start it right back, but I mean, it does make sense. Everything else other than that was pretty much as I expected. Now, Ruby... For the first 40 to 9 minutes of this game, it was all Gotham. 85% possession throughout. Houston rarely left their end of the field. They had 14 clearances just in the first half. We talked about this last week, the scenario of doing everything right, but not finishing your chances. Then your opponent gets one goal, and then you're chasing the game from there out. That goal at the end of the half felt like a dagger. The chances were definitely there. Gotham, despite all the pressure and dominance, 0.1 expected goals. That's just not good enough. Your thoughts on the first half, Ruby? Like you said, this game, I mean, Gotham was dominating this game since the beginning. 
the ball was flowing nicely around. They were, the passes were really good. And like all of a sudden everything just started going south for Gotham. Incredible how how this game like just went south from there. <laughs> it you know, it's it's not good enough. Not good enough. I feel they they were so desperate to to make a goal that they were not shooting with real intention. They were just like, I'm just going to shoot from here and see if it goes in kind of thing. I mean, that's what you do most of the time. But I feel like they needed a little more intention in like shooting the ball this time. Last episode, we spoke how we wanted to see Gotham maybe a little quicker in transition because by the time they're ready to like approach the box, like, they already have a sea of defenders there making it difficult for them to score. Yeah, there were three moments, three or four moments early on in this game where there was a cross placed across the six with no one crashing. Campbell spilled two huge rebounds that there was nobody there attacking mm-hmm. the space in front of her. Gotham was not aggressive enough uh, in front of net or just in general. I had a feeling that I think Gotham would rue those chances that they missed and they did. Yeah. And this is something that Gonzalez brings to the table or to the pitch in this case. She's quick. She's aggressive. Like you see her, she goes all in. She doesn't hold back. And she gets herself in the best position to score. It was just not Gotham's night. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, you know, we talked last week about this team being a little bit too patient. And in this one, they felt a little bit too rushed. They just didn't give Stango enough time to get in front of the box to mix in with all those balls that were playing in. Any player notes, Ruby? For me, that that night, Allie Creer was the one who stood out for me. She was shutting down Houston several times, and that was amazing to see. I was telling you, like, is she sure she wants to retire? Because she can keep going. Like, she's so good. She was good in this game as well as fairly. I, don't, I really like watching her play. I was like, when you know when I do this I don't know if you do this when the player gets the ball I'm like oh they should like go this way and then she would go the other way and it was a better way and I was like yeah I see (laughs) yeah I was like yeah I was like yeah that way she went that was even better I thought she was gonna like go through the defender or not but she's really good speaking of Fairley Fairley was really smooth in the midfield she was taking all the space that she was given and as you pointed out Krieger had a fantastic first half. Elozier and Prince are just a handful. And yes. she won every one but one of her duels in that first half. It was very it happens right in front of me in 106. So it's just watching her uh-huh. just body players. It's, it's oh it's yeah. Nice. I saw that. I saw that like by your side. They were there. Oof. I was like, oh my God, Krieger, like just keep going. Yeah. Now let's get to the second half. <laughs> yeah. Big sigh. <laughs> <laughs> Esther comes in at halftime and, and Gotham is still flying. It was 45 minutes of Edmonds hitting the crossbar, Esther hitting the crossbar. Purse is fouled up to the lead up to Houston's second goal, which not called, which I, the, the goal was again completely against the run of play. It was just, you know, then obviously you got Jenna beats Campbell on a penalty kick and it just hits the post and just careens back into play. It just was not Gotham's night. And to cap it all off, Anamanu is in on goal with Nicewanger at her side. Campbell's in no man's land. She just puts it wide. Insert the laugh cry gif here. Unlucky doesn't even begin to describe it. Gotham had 2.12 
cumulative expected goals versus 0.49 for Houston. In that scenario, 81% of the time, Gotham was winning that game. And Houston had a 4% chance of winning after all that. What do you make of that, Ruby? Like, I mean, like we said before, sometimes you just need a little bit of luck and you win. I just, I just felt frustrated all over again hearing you like say the summary of the events of the second half. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I just relived it right now. I mean, like you said, Gotham dominated the game. But yeah. they weren't able to find the back of the net. And it's very frustrating that, you know, some mistakes here and there like could cost them three points at home. Right now, we're at 30 points on the table. And our magic number, like we've been saying, is 33. So if we would have won this game, we would have secured a spot in the playoffs. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. And sometimes... chance of winning is enough. Yeah, I imagine, at least for myself and for all the fans, if you're watching that game, there was a moment at that calamity of the second half where you were like, Mm -hmm. this is just not our night. Yeah. (laughs) It happened, for me, it was uh, the goal that was this Houston's second goal when Purse was fouled and then they went right down the field and scored. And Mandy Mandy dodges a red card, I guess you can can say that. Uh, Yeah. But I know, but like, I'm generally a pretty hopeful person, but like when Jen, when Jenna stepped off her penalty kick, I was like, okay, what's that? What else could go wrong at this point? And and, and when she missed the penalty kick, I just like shrugged my shoulders. I was like, all right, this is the way it's going to be tonight. I know <laughs> I was, when she missed well, that goal, I was like, I was like, this is the only word that I could think of while watching the game. I was like, this is wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and once again, we were asking Gotham to put Sage in that torch. <laughs> <laughs> at this point whatever needs to be done please do it if if putting sage in the torch is gonna work let's do it let's do it at least i don't know at least the weather was good you know we have a great and beautiful day for soccer we didn't get any delays gotta look at the bright side too do you have any player notes for the second half for me in the second half this there was the standout player I don't know. It's just something about her presence. It's really hard to miss. And at times, Houston like just had to follow her to stop her. Normally, Houston is a very expansive team. And, and their, their strengths are on the wings. They play very wide. And they play in from the flanks. And Gotham likes to attack their opponent's strengths and makes them their mm-hmm. weaknesses. And Gotham overloaded the wings and cooked Houston all night long on the flanks. And Midge was sublime. Now, takeaways... From this game, 96 times out of 100, if a team dominates the way Gotham dominated in every statistical category, they're going to win easily. This was an absolutely brilliant performance, and that's what makes it so maddening. You can't lose perspective. Outside of those two goals, this is about as thorough as a performance as you can get. A performance that, again, gets you wins more time than not. Yeah, of course. Of course, we cannot deny they played well against Houston play really really well we were just so unlucky it was very unfortunate that they were not able to find the back of the net especially in these last games where you know i feel like every point is is gold right now yeah the final thought for me on this game and this is true gotham fc and sky blue fc have never had a home playoff game in their history in 2009 they won the championship as a four seed winning all three games on the road In 2013, 
Sky Blue lost in the first round on the road, and then they didn't return to the playoffs to 2020, losing on the road in Chicago in the first round. The fans of this team deserve better than that. These players deserve better than that. This is the best supporter group in the league. They certainly deserve to see this team play at home in the playoffs, and we've been waiting so long for that. If Gotham won this game, it would have probably assured at least one home playoff game. That is probably the most frustrating thing about this game result. We can still get it, but man, this feels like an opportunity lost. It really does. It really does. And yeah, and I get it. It it is frustrating that we're like so close yet so far from from getting a playoff game at home. And we want to see the team succeed and show the league that this team is at a caliber of Portland or North Carolina. I mean, we also have to remember how far this team has gotten in the last like three, four years from playing at, at Rutgers, now playing here at Red Bull Arena. It's, it's, I think we're, we're getting there. We still have a small chance to do it. Yeah. Sometimes like last season, we feel like we would win and we would feel like we're stealing games at that point. Now it feels like when we lose, teams are stealing points off of us. So, yes, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Let's get to some post-game quotes. This is from Amorose. He said, we dominated from start to finish. Obviously, we let a couple of switching off moments at the back, and they obviously punished us for it. I was saying there were only two chances that they created that were kind of clear, and we missed way too many opportunities. But at the same time, the performance of this team, how they engage with the fans, the style, I'm proud of them. This is the way forward. And I just say this is the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now that, you know, now they just have to put this behind them. Just keep working. Keep going. Uh, the goal is to win the, the championship. And that's still within reach. So I like the mentality of Amros here. Win or lose, he has his the team's back. And Edmonds said, obviously, we're disappointed. We left points on the table. And the table is very, very close. But we try to look at all the positives, all the chances we have to score. We kind of take that. We go back to the film room and we fix those. And hopefully we can capitalize on those the next game. So instead of focusing on the negative, we're going to focus on the positive because we still have a job to do. End quote. And I'm just going to say that sometimes you get a result like this and you overcorrect. Like, I don't know exactly what there is really to fix. I think we're talking an inch a couple of times. I think with Jenna's penalty, as we talked about, we're talking a centimeter. Uh, I'm telling you all again, this performance gets you a victory more times than not. You can always be a bit sharper, but you know it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. I just think Houston got lucky. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't imagine even their hardest supporters felt that they did not get lucky in that game. But Ruby, what are your side of the game? Like we said, no doubt. Gotham dominated all the numbers, you know, in favor of Gotham. We just didn't get those three points. 68% possession of the ball, 23 shots total. Houston only with seven. Yeah, I, think I, I say like, um, honestly, you look at the stat sheet, like just take your pick. There are so many <laughs> interesting stats. I think the one that jumps out to me most is the 15 to zero corner advantage for Gotham. I think that mm-hmm. jumps out at you got to take advantage of those uh, opportunities. And 34 clearances for Houston is another one that jumps out at me. Correct me if I'm wrong. Gotham has not scored in a corner kick, right? I think we, we've we scored off set pieces. I know we Allie Long scored off a set piece. 
but I don't recall scoring a, a corner. corner. Right. Yeah, I think think zero goals for in you know corners that Gotham has taken. Yeah. Uh, we'll check that one out and maybe next week we can talk about it. But <laughs> Gotham also dominated in yellow cards. Three yellow cards in this game. No, oh, we're running away with the yellow card stats this far. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to the player of the game over at over Gotham Pod on Twitter. Fans chose Krieger by 0.9 over Purse. Do you agree, Ruby? My God, the results for Purge, uh, Purse and and Krieger were really close. Both players played really well, very very well. But you know, Krieger did her thing, you know, defensively, and then Purse did her thing offensively. I think both players are my players. 0.9, it's nothing. <laughs> it is. And I think this is spot on. I think Krieger was the best player on the field in the first half. And I think Midge was the best player on the field in the second half. So I agree. Yep. Yep. They had a great game. Also, I feel bad not putting her on this list. And it was because of the missed penalty. But Jenna was excellent in this one and was one of the better players on the entire field. That centimeter, that ball goes in. And I think she runs away with this one. Yeah, but you know how it is. You can do everything right in the game, great passes, everything, but you miss a penalty and everyone like forgets all the hard work you did before. And and it's normal, I guess, but but I hope, you know, she's not hard on herself for missing that penalty. She's made 2 out of 3. It's still that that's still good. Now, uh, Gotham fans voted on who they thought was the player of the month of September. There was only two games, but Krieger ran away with it at 52.1%. Esther had 34.2%. Your thoughts, Ruby, as your player of the month for September? For me, I think I'm going to say Esther. I mean, they're such both are such great players. All these players are so unique and so special in, in a way. But now, like after seeing their play here with Gotham, I think like she brings that motivation. Like sometimes you like see her like run her butt off around the the field and the other players see that. So they start running with her a couple episodes ago. Like Lynn Williams had the ball. This is where she assisted that last goal of us there. Lynn Williams had the ball. And Esther was like pretty much almost right next to her. So she really like, and we know, we know Lynn Williams is, is pretty fast. So imagine she's going head to head with, with Williams. I I don't know. I feel like she, she brings that extra push and the players see it and they want to do the extra push as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Esther has been obviously a game changer for this team and brings a whole nother level to the offense. So I would probably go with her as well. But I do want to point out that Lopez being at 1.4% is drastically underrated. Lopez was the only player to make the player of the match poll both games. And I think she had a fantastic, she obviously hasn't scored a goal or made an assist, but I think she's been really, really solid. I think she's been great next to Krieger. Yeah, I have to agree with you with Lopez. Like she's been solid next to Krieger. Have you like, if you guys haven't seen it, I would recommend to like go find like like her side tackles sometimes are ridiculous. And I'm like, she's not going to get it. And she gets it. And like, you know, she just like saved us a goal. It's true. Let's get over to some really interesting news. So the free agency list has dropped the list of 2024. 
And when it comes to free agency, there's essentially two types of free agents. There are free agents who are straight up free agents, and they are at five years of service within the NWSL and have contracts expiring this year. Then there's restricted free agency, and that is a player that has been in the league for three or four years of service and have contracts expiring in 2023. And under the current CBA, a restricted free agent essentially has their rights held by the team. So if a if contract is offered to that player, the club may match that offer or they can let, let them walk. And if they do let them walk, they get compensation for that usually. Now, Gotham's 2024 free agency list is surprisingly long. Krieger, yes, she's retiring, but she'll still be a free agent at the end of the season. But let's just go through a couple of these and give our thoughts and speculations. Now, Fairly is an interesting one on here because she has a mutual option. Ruby, your thoughts? Fairly, I don't see why Gotham wouldn't sign her for another year. She has been solid for Gotham, and she even went to the freaking World Cup. So I think we have a great player in her. I do see her coming back to the club. Yeah, I don't see any reason either. I, I imagine her option is picked up. She's still a talent. She's earned the spot on the team. And um, 75% or more. As long as she wants to be back here, I'm sure she'll be back. All right, on to Mana Shim. Personally, I would like for her to stay as well with Gotham. And if she's back, I would like to see get her more minutes. Yeah, it's it's possible she'll return. I'm, I'm not counting on it. I think there are so many roster spots to go around. I mm-hmm. guess it all depends. If Gotham wins the championship, uh, I imagine it may change the, my opinion on a lot of these as well. But Mana seems to be in this for the ride. Um, I, I don't think she, for her at least doesn't really maybe she doesn't need to be back here more than this like mm-hmm. Sinead does. So I would love to see her back next season. She's obviously a legend of this sport, and yeah, she makes any roster and team better just by being around the just by being around this team. So I hope she signs back again, but I'm 50-50 on her. Now, Allie Long. Allie Long is one of the best sixes that we know. And she's definitely she definitely still has more to give. She definitely does. She's such a solid player for Gotham. She we know she is also one of the veterans here that has, you know, a lot of years with the NWSL. I don't know. I will I think she's she's gonna stay. I want her to stay. I just kind of like Gary. I just want to keep everyone. <laughs> it is true. Now, I think it's possible that this may be one of those that if Gotham was a championship, she may retire. But I think Allie has another year or two left. And mm-hmm. I think Martin is the starter going forward. So if she's okay with coming off the bench, being a second option at defensive midfielder, at center back, I think she's obviously, we all know she's one of the best that's, that's ever been in the sixth position. And incredible, she would be an incredible bench option to have. I think it's 50 50 with her. Now, Flores. Yeah, we have Flores, and we haven't seen much of Flores this season or or last season. We didn't really see her play due to injury. Now she seems like she's better, but she hasn't, you know, really played for Gotham this season. I do not see her coming next year. Yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with y'all. I was surprised that she resigned this season. Roster spots again are hard to come by. I love Sabrina as a person, mm-hmm. and playing only two games in two seasons, maybe a better roster spot for a developmental player. I think this is unlikely that she'll return, but 
I was wrong last season. I could be wrong again, and I hope I'm wrong. Now, Betos. Betos. I mean, we that was our starter uh, keeper for most of last year after Harris didn't play much. She's such a great player. She brings that New York, New Jersey grit to 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 the field. I think it's safe to say now that she's our third keeper. Now that we we seen hot like starting more more of these games instead of her, I like Betos, and I think having her as a backup it will be a, a win for the team. She has so much experience. Yeah, she's okay with being the third keeper. We could ride her for a couple seasons more. Long as, she, long as that's the role she's okay with playing, that's fine with me. Again, if Gotham wins a championship, she may retire. But it's and it's also possible that one of the expansion teams take her just for her leadership. I think yeah. that would be uh, she would be a great number two keeper on other teams as well. Now, Dorsey, honestly, we don't know the reason behind her excused absence all season. We just don't know. Dorsey was one of the best left backs in the league, and she was finding herself in the national team pool on the outside of that at least. We just hope for the best for her, and always, I hope for her return. So we'll just skip this one. I'm not here to speculate. Zerboni, Ruby. Zerboni. I mean, 2023 has been her best season with Gotham. She she was doing incredible things on the field before she got injured. Injured. Very unfortunate for her to get injured right before the season ends. But I do see her on, on her Instagram, like working really hard to get back. I would like to see her back. Yeah, if not for her injury, I'd, I would say she was definitely coming back. As you said, she looked as good as ever this season. I'm also going to say, as someone who's been through an ACL reconstructive surgery twice, and I also, while I was playing soccer, I was moonlighting as a physical therapy assistant. I think that McCall is doing amazing. Her, as you pointed out, like her videos on Instagram, go we'll check them out. She is way ahead of schedule. She looks amazing. And I, yeah, she's already got great range of motion and flexibility already. I mean, it's just, it's super impressive. Like if you're in that, in that world, she's doing really, really good. 50-50 as far as her returning to this team, only because of the injury. Uh, I'm hoping for a return. Uh, you could see any of the Spanson teams taking her as a flyer just because, of her, again, her leadership. She's very important to new teams. And I was I was surprised this year that teams like Chicago didn't make a big play for her. But it seems going into the offseason last season, she was set on returning here. And so, yeah, I hope she returns. You, you can't have too many McCall's or bonus on your squad. Now, the actual free agent list and the restricted free agent list is really, really talented. And it makes me think that how much longer are we going to keep doing expansion drafts with considering how much talent is just sitting out there, especially as free agents and stuff. Is there any names on that free agency list that really jump out at you, Ruby? For me, it would be Emily Fox. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm saying Emily Fox is because, I mean, besides the fact that she's such an amazing player... She's also a national team player. She's been to a World Cup, her first World Cup this year. So I think a lot of eyes are going to be on Emily Fox. Yeah, as a restricted free agent, I think she could get you know a contract probably from one of the newer teams coming in this season. Like mm-hmm. definitely seeing throwing some money at her. What about you? I think the most interesting name on this entire list is the player we just played against, Maria Sanchez. She's a restricted mm-hmm. free agent, but restricted or not, 
She has a unique skill set that I can't see any team in the league saying that they wouldn't want a player like her, a left-footed creator on their squad. I just imagine that teams are going to throw a ton of money at her, especially you know with the new clubs that are flush with all this allocation cash. Houston has the right to match, but they may just take the money and run. Let's jump over to standings, Ruby. This is interesting. What do you got? The standings are as follow. So we have number one, San Diego. Number two, Portland Thorns. Number three, Gotham FC. Number four, North Carolina Courage. Number five, Washington Spirit. And number six, Lil Rain. Uh, so that's our top six on, on this table. What do you think about that? And we also have, I mean, so the way I, the way I see it, I have the, the shield runners up are the top three, which is going to be San Diego, Portland, and Gotham. Three mm-hmm. points separating them. It's going to be nearly impossible to make up four points for North Carolina to get the shield. So I think it's still between us three. And I think our game, as we'll get to against Portland, is going to be huge on setting that table. Now, at the bottom of the table, there is a log jam. We have the Carolina, I mean, the Courage. We have the Spirit at 29. And then we have the Rain, Orlando at 28. Houston is a long shot at the playoffs at 26. I think Angel City, again, four points is not going to be enough to make it over that line. I, I think it's going to be between Houston and Orlando making that last spot and fighting with Washington and uh, the OL Rain for those last couple spots. Everybody else, I think, is too far away from the playoff line. Now, we have our first team to clinch the playoffs, which is the Wave, and our first team eliminated, the KC Current. We win the offseason. Gotham is still in the shield hunt. We need one more point than the Wave over these next two games. It's definitely possible. They face the Courage away and then Racing at home. I expect them to beat Racing, but the Courage could definitely beat them. So us, on the other hand, have a monster game away at Portland coming up, then home against KC. Yeah, points are gold right now. If Gotham can in any way, in any way possible, deny Portland the shield again, that would be so awesome. This table right now is so tight. It's so competitive. It is nerve-wracking, but at the same time, it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, Gotham needs just one point. They need need at least a point to keep their shield hopes alive. But because Portland is one up on Gotham, basically only a win can do. Now, Mm -hmm. as far as Portland goes, all eyes are on that injury report as the Thorns just haven't been the same since Sophia Smith has been injured. If they fail to get a point, their shield hopes could be gone for them. Ruby, your thoughts on this matchup? Well, I hope... Sophia Smith is doing okay, but she doesn't play the next game with Gotham. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a tough match for Gotham for sure because Thorns, the Thorns are a strong team, but I think we we also have the players and the talent to beat them. So we need those three points. We do. I say let's ruin their shield hopes for a second season in a row, shall we? (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I hate turf. So that's that. And this note was given today from the NWSL Around the League notes. Gotham FC defender Allie Creer has tallied the fourth most minutes played in NWSL history. Her next appearance marks her 175th game played in the league, making her the sixth player to do so. Her teammates, Ifeoma Anamanu, next game will be her 100th of her career, a milestone that can also be reached by San Diego's defender Kristen Westfall. Wow. Good for both Awesome. Of them. Mm-hmm. Now let's go around the league. There's a lot of meteor games now. Now that we're for focus on the top three, 
There's a lot of meteor games. Let's go see what we think, Ruby. We have racing at the Orlando Prod. What do you think? Who's going to win here? Oh, I, I don't care as long as they don't like pass Gotham. But that is, let's say, that, yeah. That's the answer. I don't care. Blow it up. <laughs> make it a draw. Right. Yeah. Draw. Yes. <laughs> okay. OL Rain, Washington Spirit. Ooh, I'm going to have to go with. I mean, they're not too far apart, but I'm going to say Ola Rain because they're number six right now. But a tie will be better. I don't care. Blow it up. Uh, draw. <laughs> okay. North Carolina Courage at San Diego Wave. I mean, San Diego's already number one. Just No, let's do Courage. I don't know. I mean, these are so close together. Like, probably just another tie. So they just get one point. Nobody gets three. We are super, super over the top. North Carolina Courage fans this week. They cannot make this, they cannot win the shield. And San Diego's ahead of us by three points. They have to win. So we they are have to win. All yes. right. There you go. <laughs> yes. All right. Kansas City Current at Chicago Red Stars. This is a good one. Who's gonna fight for the last place? <laughs> um, I like Casey. I want Casey to win this one and then lose against Gotham the game after. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we were uh, on the record as Chicago Red Stars fans for the rest of the season, but this one, I don't care, blow it up, uh, a draw. And then last we got Houston Dash, Angel City. I don't like any of them. I don't like Houston because they they won against us last game, and I don't really like Angel City in general. So, yes, uh, this game is, I think, the last home game for Houston. And I saw their little presser thing, and it said that Vanilla Ice is going to play his greatest hits at their game, and they should lose just for that. But nope. I don't care. <laughs> Blow it up. Make it a draw. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do we what do we manifest this game? This 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 week we're going to manifest to beat the Thorns. That's it. Keep it yeah. simple. I want Esther to go off on the Thorns. My God. Imagine if she could get her hat trick against the thorn. Yeah. And just a side note, there is an article, I forget which, where it's a, one of the Portland, like Oregon uh, websites or news sites. It had an article with uh, Mana Shim and Sinead Fairley talking about their return to Portland. I think that we need to win, not just for us, but for them to return to Portland. Any random thoughts before we go, Ruby? Um. I don't have any random thoughts this evening. What about you? All right. So with VAR, I get transparency and I get that they want to show us what the refs are looking at as well to give us a better idea of what's going on in their heads and what they see, what we see. But there is no reason, no reason at all that we had to watch uh, Tierna Davidson get kicked in the face for two and a half minutes straight on loop during that game. There was no reason for that. I'm yelling at the TV, like, can you please stop? <laughs> like, just, just in case you didn't see it. Yeah. She got kicked in the face. Yes. <laughs> Imagine being that player. Like, like, <laughs> no I there. know. There's, a, there's, a, there's somewhere out there, there's a, there's a running yeah. video of you getting kicked in the face. I mean, <laughs> I understand. Like, one time, okay, straight to the face, we see it. Two times, just to make sure. Three times, why so many times? Okay. Yeah, let's. That was not that was not pleasant to see, but it happened. <laughs> yes. All right, everybody, let's go out there and let's go beat Portland, shall we? Let's go. 
Hi everyone, this is Gary. Thank you for listening and supporting our project. Here are other ways you can support the show and connect with us. First, word of mouth is everything. So please share our show with anyone who might listen. Also, please rate us five stars on Spotify and review us on iTunes. You can purchase our merchandise at the Tee Public Store. Join in the conversation on Twitter at OverGothamPod and Instagram at SoccerOverGotham. Lastly, you can email your thoughts and questions at SoccerOverGotham at gmail.com. Once again, thank you.